Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 169, Recognizing Addiction. Hello, hello, hello. Happy spring, everybody. Are you feeling it yet? (laughs) I feel like it's been it's been popping up here in very subtle ways. Um, Of course, the flowers and the birds and warmer weather, all the things. I'm very excited about a new season. It felt like a really long winter to me. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about it. I feel like we're, you know, two years in out of the pandemic or in the pandemic, however you want to say it. Um, And things are, things are rolling, I feel like. So I'm hopeful. And I wanted to let you know about this amazing offer I have for you all to join my Stop Over Drinking and Start Living coaching program. The first thing is I'm closing down enrollment at the end of March. So on March 30th, that's the last day that you can apply to join my six-month coaching program. And then I'm shutting down enrollment until June. So you won't be able to join for uh, two months after that. And for people that get their applications in now and you get approved, I'm offering you three extra months inside the program. So you'll have nine months of support, which will get you all the way through the end of 2022. So all the way till December 31st, 31st, 2022, you'll have support inside the six-month container. You'll get an extra three months that will help you navigate vacations or any time away that you might need, um, extra coaching support. You'll have all the materials that you need. It's a really, really amazing offer, one that I will never offer again. And I keep my word on this stuff. This is a very special opportunity. And if you've been thinking about joining the program, um, you've been on the fence, let this be the nudge that you need that now is the right time. And you can have support where you, when you need it, when things come up, unexpected events, holidays, the summer breaks, all that for the rest of the year, you'll have the support that you need to really uncover your issues with alcohol, heal that and overcome that and start living the life that you actually want to live. So to do that, you go to AngelaMasenic.com forward slash join S-O-D-S-L. That's forward slash J-O-I-N. S-O-D-S-L. Watch the three videos there and then fill out an application. And when you submit the application, I am promising a response from myself or my team within 24 hours to let you know if you are approved and then what the next steps are. And I will tell you that the program is changing a little bit. So what I'm currently offering is two to three coaching calls a week. You have every month we have a workbook with videos and materials that support um, a theme of the month and for you to take a um, sort of deeper dive into something like feelings or understanding your thoughts and your patterns and things like that. That's all going to still remain the same. But in June, I'm offering a different format of calls and structure and whatnot. And so if you join now, you'll be a part of those changes, which will be, I think, an up level. Um, And it'll be super exciting. You'll get to be a part of that as well. So 
go to the website. If you have any questions, you can just email hello at angelamasenic.com. I'm also holding a couple Q&A calls. Um, if you want to make sure that you get on one of those Q&A calls, you can just email us at hello at angelamasenic.com. You can ask us questions there. I can answer those questions in the Q&A calls that I'm, I'm having coming up here um, this week and next week about questions that you might have about the program or the changes in the program and to make sure that you're a good fit. So I'm inviting you to join those as well. So go to angelamasenic.com forward slash join, J-O-I-N-S-O-D-S-L. Okay, so today I want to talk about recognizing addiction. Okay, and I don't think I've ever had a title like this before. So as we know, alcohol is an addictive substance, and if we're not careful with it, we can develop patterns with using alcohol to escape our lives. And most of the people that I coach have an emotional addiction or need attached with alcohol, like they need it to feel better or to not be boring or to make things more exciting, okay? So that's what I'm talking about to most people. It's not a physical addiction. It's more of a mental or emotional addiction, okay? So I'm going to start into this by telling you a story about me understanding an addiction within myself. So I had a decision that I was contemplating. I was going back and forth and back and forth about thinking about this event that I wanted to go to and participate in. And, you know, I knew about this event like two or three months ago, maybe even longer. And I put it on my calendar. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to go to that. But I wasn't feeling super excited about it. I was just like, "Mm, I should go to this. Okay. And I just... In that process, I kept kind of going back and forth and thinking about it a lot. I'm like, do I really want to go? Why do I want to go? What do I think I'll get out of this, right? And I let myself be open to exploring this and kind of knew, like, I could always cancel it if I didn't want to go toward when when the time got near. Well, the time now is near and it's coming up and I noticed myself really thinking about it a lot. So I really let myself answer some questions like, why do I want to go to this thing? And what is the full, honest truth about why I want to go? And so when I asked myself that question, my first response was fear, fear of missing out, FOMO, fear of not being seen, fear of missing opportunities to be thought of or considered for opportunities in the future, fear of if I'm not there and I'm not seen, I'm not going to be recommended for my work or I might miss out on future potentially financial earnings if I'm not there. And there are some other reasons, like I wanted to see some friends I had. um, And the other reason I really felt like I wanted to get validation for the success that I've had in my business. And I just let myself say that out loud. And I'm not like super proud that I was motivated by FOMO or this fear. And so I'm like, you know, I don't really like that I'm making this decision based on this sort of negative, like this, this negative thing that I thought what might happen if I don't go, like I was like scaring myself into going and I don't really like making decisions that way. I like for it to feel good. I like it to be like, heck yeah, I'm excited about that. You know, I don't really like to fear my way into things because when I do that, it doesn't usually work out in my best interest. And you, maybe you notice this about yourself as well. It's like when we force ourselves to do things, do things, or we do it because we're scared, um, for the wrong fear reasons, then, you know, we, we get to learn (laughs) about ourselves in a big way that, you know, can serve us and sometimes it not. But for me, I know that when I make decisions from FOMO or fear of these things, 
it usually doesn't work out. So I noticed that and, you know, I was like, but why am I still wanting to go? Like knowing my reasons why and not really liking them, I'm like, but I'm still not ready to say no. Like, why do I want to go to this still? Even though I know probably isn't going to be super helpful for me, right? So I just had this very strong pull, right? And I just couldn't really understand that after I saw this. So I actually talked to my therapist about it. I'm like, what what is it about this that I still want to do even though I see these reasons and I don't really like them? And so I gave him some backstory about this event and the history of this organization and whatnot. And he concluded, or we together concluded, that I was addicted to rejection. And I was like, what? What? You know? But hold on with me for a second. I'm going to get back to that. But you might even wonder, like, that doesn't even make sense. How can you be addicted to rejection? So I just want to explore that a little bit with you. So we get addicted to things because of how doing these things makes us feel, right? So drugs, alcohol, smoking, overspending, codependency in relationships, gambling, whatever it is, we get addicted to doing these things, even if they're not healthy for us because of how they make us feel sometimes. So I researched the definition of addiction, which is a compulsive, chronic, psychological, or physiological need for habit-forming substances, behavior, or activity, having harmful physical, psychological, or social effects, and typically causing well-defined symptoms, such as anxiety, irritability, tremors, or nausea, upon withdrawal or abstinence. This is the state of being addicted. Okay, so I'm going to read that again. The definition of addiction is a compulsive, chronic, physiological or psychological need for habit-forming substance, behavior, or activity having harmful physical, psychological, or social effects, and typically causing well-defined symptoms such as anxiety, irritability, tremors, or nausea upon withdrawal or abstinence. This is the state of being addicted. And I actually really like this definition because it helps you measure what's happening in terms of symptoms like irritability and anxiety. So many overdrinking women have high levels of anxiety. And when they start to cut back on their drinking or take breaks breaks from their drinking, their anxiety resides there. They notice their anxiety. It doesn't kick in. Their anxiety doesn't kick in and they have these high levels of anxiety when they are drinking. It kicks in when they aren't drinking. So the relief from the anxiety is what draws us to drinking more which creates a vicious, needy cycle of needing alcohol to take the edge off. But the after drinking part is what's causing the edge in the first place and how it creates more negative thinking and excess drama in our brains surrounding regular everyday circumstances. Okay, so it actually creates unnecessary stress so that we can then seek something to get relief from those feelings like drinking, right? And we keep doing it because we're motivated to get that hit of pleasure. And even if nine out of 10 times the experience of this thing is bad, we don't care because of the chance that one time it feels good. We're willing to to stay with it because even though it's bad most of the time for that one chance that it's good. Are you guys following me on that? So, for example, so when I was in college or even in my late 20s and 30s, I chased that euphoria, that good time feeling with alcohol, right? So my friends and I would try to get that feeling of being free and unhinged. We'd pre-party before we went out. We'd seek the right music or the dance vibes. 
And out of God, more often than not, we'd bounce around seeking this perfect night and we'd never find it. Most of the time, drama would ensue. Somebody would get in a fight with somebody else or hurt their feelings or the whole thing would be about meeting some guy or the potential of meeting some guy and it would end up in disappointment and frustration or feeling less than, right? That That's what I felt a lot. I, was, I just always felt less than because maybe I didn't hook up or maybe I didn't meet somebody, right? It just wasn't the experience that I was hoping for. But we'd keep doing it over and over and over again. And this behavior over time, as I aged, and it turned more sophisticated into wine tasting or going out to fancy restaurants and being seen or noticed, okay? So when he said I was addicted to rejection, it actually really made sense to me. I also did this with men before I was married. I would stay in terrible relationships where I would constantly sacrifice myself and make myself really amicable or overly accommodating and be easy to be around so they would like me more, right? I'd, I'd accept unacceptable behavior over and over and over again just for one shot of feeling validated or seen or liked or feeling like I'm pretty or good enough, right? So this made all the sense in the world to me now once we explored this idea of the addiction uh, around rejection. And I quickly acknowledged with myself, I'm ready to be done with this unhealthy addiction cycle, D-O-N-E, done. Like I do not need to feed that anymore. So this addiction to rejection and the willingness to put myself in not great situations because ultimately I'm seeking validation to feel connected, to feel worthy. So I keep going back and going back and going back and getting rejected over and over and over again just because there might be a possibility of a reward or a validation. Okay. And I saw this and this was huge for me. And when I decided I didn't want to feed that addiction anymore, I decided I wouldn't go to this event. And so I saw years of this behavior flash in my mind, the addiction of rejection and the needing of my parents' validation, ex-boyfriends, ex-employers, my friends, on and on, right? And I quickly realized in this mass review in my mind, it was like a major breakthrough, okay, that going back for more rejection just for the possibility of validation is just not good for me. It really screws with my confidence. I second guess myself. I get anxiety. I get irritated that I'm never good enough or I compare myself a lot to other people. And the situation just ultimately sucks, which those things I just described, the irritation, the anxiety, the comparison, I'm not good enough. These are actually the symptoms of the addiction that I mentioned, right? If we look, go back and look at the definition of addiction. And it fascinates me to no end that I kept choosing to do these things over and over and over again, even though it rarely worked out how I wanted it to, right? It, but it's just for that possibility of that hit that I might get, right? The fantasies that I would have about this time it will be different never came true. Do you guys do that? Do you guys have fantasies about that and you just visualize oh, only the good things? Right. And like how this time it might be different if you if this is bringing up like you are noticing patterns of your own addictions. Right. This is part of the addiction, though. Our mind likes to paint a very pretty story of possibility of it being different or a different way we can, can change or morph ourselves into being something that really isn't us to make it work. Right. To get that outcome that we ultimately want. So. This week, I'd like to suggest to you to look at things that you might be addicted to from curiosity, okay? Not to go be hard on yourself, but just being curious. And we can be addicted to a lot of things that produce positive results too. So get aware of those as well. 
Addiction doesn't doesn't always have to be bad, right? I'm specifically talking about like alcohol, people pleasing, that kind of stuff right now. But knowing where your addictions are um, and where they aren't serving you in your life is super important, like alcohol, okay? How are you addicted to it? Do you need it in every social situation? If you don't have it, is it really uncomfortable? And then if you do have it, do you overdo it, even when you don't really want to? Okay, that's probably the number one sign. You recognize it's not good for you the way you're doing it, but you keep doing it anyway. Do you say you don't want to, plan on not doing it, and then break your commitment to yourself around it consistently, right? This is signs of mental addiction. You are drawn to something that is not serving you. It produces negative outcomes in your life. These outcomes can range from just being too tired in the morning to your workout, like too tired to do your workout in the morning, to destroying your relationships and preventing you from living a life that you know that you could live or the, the one that you want to live, right? Or you could have the symptoms of having high levels of anxiety and overwhelm, questioning yourself a lot, doubting yourself. All of that are symptoms of it too. So owning your addiction and acknowledging it and being willing to see it is a very healthy thing to do. This is not an opportunity to be hard on yourself. And like, I don't want you guys to get confused if you're like saying I have to claim being an alcoholic, like, you know, what you say in AA type of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, look at how you could be addicted to something because my my main message to everybody is we can't make changes unless we see what is currently happening. We have to see where we are in order to make changes, right? So for me, seeing my addiction to rejection feels good. I, that feels loving to me, so I know myself so much more. I understand my pattern so much more, and then I can be like, yeah, and I don't want to do that anymore, right? I couldn't not stop doing it until I saw it and owned it, right? So again, this is not an opportunity to be hard on yourself. It's being open and willing to tell yourself the truth. We're all addicted to things. This is not, nothing's gone wrong here, okay? Humans get addicted to stuff. <laughs> it's actually like we are programmed to get addicted to things to make it, us move through our life very easy, right? Like if you think about brushing your teeth or putting on your seatbelt, that's a compulsion, right? We are, we are addicted to that. It's become a habit, a pattern that we do. And we do that for for making it easy for us to not make decisions all the time, right? So there's patterns and habits and addictions that we actually do want to have. So I was addicted to rejection. I am addicted to social media, my phone, coffee, exercise, success, overworking, travel, early morning routines, self-help books, goal creation, pushing myself past my coverage zones, and many more things. I'm sure these were just like when I asked myself, like all the, the things that I'm addicted to, this is like my top eight or nine list. OK, but when addiction becomes easy to break is when when you truthfully acknowledge it's not how you want to live your life because you see the full picture of what it's doing. So when I quit drinking, it was easy because I allowed myself to see the full picture. I saw how one glass of wine made me feel and how it created disconnection between myself and my family and my surroundings. And I did not like that outcome anymore. And after seeing it in its cycle for 20 plus years and experiencing with all different ways to be with it, then it felt easy for me to stop drinking. And it was, and I never have drank since. When I saw my addiction to this rejection thing and the hope for validation, 
It was an easy yes to say, no, I'm stopping that right now and interrupt that addiction and decide to not go to this thing and participate in that event because I saw all the patterns in my life where this addiction didn't serve me. And I don't need to go see what it's like, in quotes, anymore. I know what that like. I know what that is. And I know exactly what the outcome is for me because I've done it for my entire life, right? Like, it's like been there, done that. Nope, I'm good. And that's honestly the same thing I think about alcohol. It's like I fully have experienced every aspect and every combination of the relationship with alcohol. I have thoroughly explored that from love, from curiosity, from a lot of other emotions too. And I don't want it anymore, right? Like I feel complete with that. So that's what I think about this addiction to the rejection and going into these situations that aren't good for me. It's like, I know where that goes. I see that very clearly. And I'm saying, no, I'm good with that now. Okay. Saying no to doing things that don't support the life you want to live is easy when you give yourself an opportunity to explore these things and to be honest with yourself. Sometimes it takes a long time, a long exploration for you to really see that. And sometimes you don't need time to see it. Once you see it, you decide you're good. You're done with it. It's over, (laughs) right? I don't consider myself addicted to alcohol anymore because I don't need it. I don't use it. I don't consider it a solution to anything. I have ended that addiction cycle. And I can't say I'm, I'm over the addiction cycle of rejection yet because I'm really just becoming aware of it. I've, I've taken the first step in saying no and ending that cycle, right? Um, so I'll notice it when it comes up again and decide to say no again and work on undoing that. But saying no to this event and undoing this addiction is the first step of doing that. So I I would say that I'm working on ending that addiction, okay? So I would invite you to look at your addictions. List them all out from curiosity, okay? Not like there's something wrong with you. I know I keep saying that, but like I really want you to hear me on that. Be curious when you do this. Don't be like, let's list all the reasons I'm bad or let me go to my journal and list all the reasons why I suck and all the things that I'm addicted to. <laughs> Please don't do that. If you find yourself doing that, just don't do the exercise. Come back to it when you're feeling a little bit more curious, okay? A lot of women who overdrink have common not so great addictions, okay? So here are some things to be aware of. Overeating, overspending, people pleasing, needing external validation, overworking, An addiction to starting new things with an all or nothing tendency. So these are the areas that if you can begin to unravel and get conscious of one area and get help in that area, it will help through all of these areas. Okay. Because how we do one thing is how we do everything, right? So if you're having an addiction to alcohol and you're emotionally needing it to get through social situations or to deal with your in-laws or to deal with your anxiety at the end of the day, You will see the same patterns in people-pleasing, external validation, overworking, overeating, all of it, okay? And if you'd like to focus on the addiction of overdrinking, I for sure am your gal, all right? So get in here while the getting's good. Remember, an additional three months for the cost of my regular six-month coaching program, so that's nine months of support. We will for sure get in there and unravel some stuff in a very safe, loving, open environment with myself and my team and the other members there rooting all alongside of you. You can become free and have more agency over your lives and say yes to the things that you actually want to do and start saying no to the things that you don't and that don't doesn't serve you. Okay. 
And when you do this, you're gonna heal those addictions, free up time, and get away from these patterns that take up time and prevent you from doing what you wanna do. And that will give you more time to do more of what you love that supports the life that you actually want to be living. So click that link, angelamasenic.com forward slash join, S-O-D-S-L. I love you all. We'll talk to you all soon. Didn't we